my name is Deborah Burgess. I'd like to thank you for joining my podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking about hearing impaired technologies. Now I'm going to discuss my background to give you a better idea of why I'm interested in the hearing impaired and deaf people. My parents were both born in the early 1900s. My mother, Daisy Smith, was born deaf. My father, John Vinson, was born without any defects in 1921. At the age of four, he caught scarlet fever and lost his hearing. Since most people did not know what to do with hearing impaired or deaf children back then, both of my parents were sent to boarding schools to start their education. During these days, being deaf was very hard. They had four hearing children. We saw a lot of discrimination towards our parents growing up. There was not a lot of technology available to them. Anytime they needed to go to a doctor or any appointment, one of us would have to go with them to do the interpreting. I saw the technology for hearing impaired and deaf develop over the years, and I'm very grateful for it. In the beginning, it was a simple note-taking, then TTY, and now has developed into many different types of technology being available. I'm very aware of how far the technology has come from personal experience. I hope many new developments will come along over the years to come. I'm going to introduce a few of the other technologies available now. First, I want to begin by discussing what is the difference between a deaf and a hard-of-hearing person. The deaf and hard-of-hearing community is a very diverse group differing greatly on the cause and degrees of hearing loss, age at the onset, educational background, communication methods, and how they feel about their hearing loss. How a person labels themselves in terms of their hearing loss is a personal reflection and may reflect identification with the deaf community or merely how their hearing loss affects their ability to communicate. They can either be deaf or hard of hearing. There are many hearing impaired and deaf people in the United States. According to a recent Gallaudet University study, across all age groups in the United States, approximately 1 million people over 5 years of age are functionally deaf. More than half are over 65 years of age. About 8 million people over 5 years of age are hard of hearing. That is, they have some difficulty of hearing normal conversation even with the use of a hearing aid. Again, more than half of those who are hard of hearing are over 65 years of age. Closed captioning is one of the most popular technology for the hearing impaired. In the early 1970s, NBS developed a time distribution system that placed a hidden time code on an unused part of the television signal. A decoder in the television set recovered and displayed the time. While the system was not implemented, this technology provided the basis for closed captioning. In 1971, NBS and ABC TV began experimentally transmitting captions. A demonstration was held for the National Conference on Television for the Hearing Impaired, showing an episode of Mod Squad that had been captioned by an NBS employee, Sandra Howe. In the following years, the public broadcasting system, working with NBS, took up the project and developed convenient encoding equipment and improvements to the captioning format. In 1980, ABC, NBC, and CPBS began transmitting closed captions on selected programs, and decoders went on sale to the public. This coincided with the establishment of the National Captioning Institute, which is still responsible for much of today's captioning. In 1990, President Bush signed a bill requiring that all television sets 13 inches or larger sold in the U.S. after July 1, 1993 have the capability for displaying closed captions. Closed captions on a television set appear as a white on a black background. They can be on the top or bottom of the screen depending on the nature of the picture. In a typical caption program, captions do not appear when printed text is on the screen or where there is no speech. All television sets are configured so that captions can be switched on or off. 
The standard format now being allowed uses for captioning two languages, but single language captioning predominates today. The next option for caption is IBM Caption Me Now. IBM Caption Me Now is an automated closed caption creator for audio and video that is on the internet. This new automated caption is much more cost effective than before. It uses speech to text quickly, and if parts of the speech are unclear, it automatically searches the criteria and updates the captioning. Caption Me Now has automatic shadowing as well, so black text changes to white when a dark background comes up. The next option for closed captioning is YouTube. Closed captions are now available for YouTube users now. The YouTube has given users the option of embedding closed captions that show up on semi-transparent overlays. Caption files that have text dialogues synced up to the proper timestamps can be uploaded during the time of the upload or afterwards. And YouTube has provided multiple language support to let viewers swap between different languages of a single video without having to leave playback. Closed captioning is also available at some local theaters. The first option, which has been around the longest, is open captioning, where they will preview certain films with closed captioning on the screen for all to view. Open caption films are made available from a nonprofit organization called Tripod Caption Films, or TCF. A second option for hearing impaired moviegoers is the MoPix Rear Window Captioning System. The rear window captioning system is designed to provide the hearing impaired with a closed captioning system without disrupting other members of the audience. The system displays mirrored captions on an LED display, which is fixed to the wall at the back of the theater. These captions are reflected to a clear acrylic panels which attach to the holders on the audience member seats. Given all these advancements in closed captionings, I still hope to see more options available for closed captioning in the future. Another piece of technology for the hearing impaired deaf or is the, one of the most prominent pieces. It's called the TTY or TDD. TTY stands for text telephone. It is also sometimes called a TDD or telecommunication device for the deaf. The TTY was first developed by Robert Wickenbrot in 1963. He was a deaf physicist. He was also a ham radio operator and was familiar with the way hams used teleprinters to communicate over the air. He realized that these machines, which were becoming available in large numbers for military and telephone company surplus, could be used by deaf people to talk over the phone. He developed and patented a modem which, when coupled to a teleprinter, allows them to do just that. The technology is very similar to that still used by ham operators. It uses frequency shift keying, or FSK, in a single tone pair, so that only communication can take place in one direction at a time. To use a TTY, you set a telephone handset onto a special acoustic cup built into the TTY. Some models can also be plugged directly into a telephone line. Then you type the message you want to send on the TTY's keyboard. As you type, the message is sent over the phone, just like your voice would be sent over the phone in line if you talked. You can read the other person's response on the TTY's text display. If you don't have a TTY, you can still call a person who is deaf, hard of hearing, or speech impaired by using the Telecommunications Relay Service, or TRS. With TRS, a special operator types whatever you say so that the person you are calling can read your words on his or her TTY display. He or she will type back a response, which the TRS operator will read aloud for you to hear over the phone. Toll-free TRS services are available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. The TTY has also led the way for other development of communication technology. 
VDO Relay Service, or VRS, is a form of telecommunications relay service, or TRS, that enables persons with hearing disabilities who use American Sign Language to communicate with voice telephone users through video equipment rather than through type text. Video equipment links a VRS user with a TRS operator, called a Communications Assistant, or CA, so that the VRS user and the CA can see and communicate with each other and sign conversation. Because the conversation between the VRS user and the CA flows much more quickly than a text-based TRS call, VRS has become an enormously popular form of TRS. With VRS, you can make a call to anywhere in the world. There is no cost to use VRS, and you will not be billed for any calls made through the service. All calls are completed at no cost to you. There are only a few restrictions. All calls must originate in the United States or its territories. All calls must be communicated in English. Calls to pay-per-call services are currently not available. There are several video relay service providers, which include AT&T, Hamilton, MCI, Sprint, and Sorensen. Know someone that needs a free video phone? Sorensen offers a free video phone for hearing impaired customers. Another important development has been the Video Remote Interpreting, or VRI, which uses video conferencing equipment to provide sign language interpreting services. With VRI, both the deaf and hearing person are in the same room. The interpreter is at a call center in another city. VRI is especially useful for people in rural areas where there may be a lack of a qualified interpreter. Some reasons to use video remote interpreting are you have no local interpreter available, your regular interpreter is out sick or otherwise not available, the local interpreter is not qualified for the situation, you prefer not to involve a local interpreter in a very private matter, the travel costs for interpreting service are too expensive, you need the interpreter right now, 24 hours, 7 days availability. You have high-speed internet available in your meeting location. You can move your meeting to a location that has high-speed internet access. Video conferencing equipment is set up in the room where the deaf and hearing person are located. Let's say, for example, a hospital. An interpreter is at the call center. This interpreter uses a headset to hear what the hearing person says. The interpreter signs to a camera everything the hearing person speaks. The deaf person can see the interpreter on a monitor. When the deaf person replies, the interpreter sees and voices the interpretation. In this way, the deaf and hearing person can talk back and forth just as if the interpreter was in the same room. Another important technology for the hearing impaired deaf people are the assistive listening systems. The assistive listening systems help the hearing impaired hear things that they never had the opportunity to hear before. Assistive listening systems, or ALSs, are sometimes called assistive listening devices, or ALDs. Essentially, they are amplifiers that bring sound directly into the ear. They separate the sounds, particularly speech, that a person wants to hear from the background noise. They improve what is known as the speech-to-noise ratio. Research indicates that people who are hard of hearing require a volume, signal-to-noise ratio, increase of about 15 to 25 decibels in order to achieve the same level of understanding as people with normal hearing. An ALS allows them to achieve this gain for themselves without making it too loud for everyone else. ALSs utilize FM, infrared, or inductive loop technologies. All three technologies are considered good, and each one has its advantages and disadvantages. We will discuss each one of them. FM systems are ALSs that use radio broadcast technology.
They are often used in educational settings and offer mobility and flexibility when used with portable body-worn transmitters. Some newer FM systems utilize miniaturized receivers that fit onto a hearing aid. The smaller type of receiver is not available through a catalog. It must be dispensed by a hearing aid professional and is more expensive than traditional FM systems. It also uses a high frequency, making it incompatible with other FM systems. Infrared systems are ALSs that utilize light-based technology. They guarantee privacy because light does not pass through their walls. They are the appropriate choices for situations such as court proceedings that require confidentiality. They are frequently installed in places of entertainment. They are also frequently designed and marketed for use in television listening. Wide area inductive loop systems utilize an electromagnetic field to deliver sound. They offer convenience to groups of T-Coil hearing aid users because those users do not require body-worn receivers. Loop systems can be used by non-hearing aid users through the use of a headphone and inductive loop receiver. Each ALS has at least three components, a microphone, a transmission technology, and a device for receiving the signal and bringing the sound to the ear. This is important to understand in order to troubleshoot problems systematically and to prove its system's effectiveness. Wide area ALSs are covered under Title III of the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. This title stipulates the ALS be provided in public places unless a provider can prove that it is an undue burden. Examples of such venues include movie theaters, cinemas, live performances, and public classes. The ADA specifies that the ALS receivers be provided at no cost and specifies the number of receivers that must be provided depending on the number of seats. Generally, it's a 4% rule. Revised ADA guidelines to be released in the future are expected to increase standards for performance of ALS and address related issues. ALSs may also be indicated under ADA Title I, Employment Accommodations, as well as Title II, Accommodations provided by state and local governments. Other public policies that require use of ALSs include Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, affecting federally funded agencies and individuals with Disabilities Education Act. There are many assistive listening devices available today, from sophisticated systems used in theaters and auditoriums to small personal systems, and I'm sure they'll expand in the future. There are many hearing impaired technology that is popular with students and educators. One is C-Print. C-Print is a computer-aided speech-to-print transcription service provided and developed at the National Technical Institute for the Deaf, NTID, as a support service option for some deaf and hard of hearing students in mainstream educational environments. It was developed by the NTID researchers eager to improve the classroom experience for students at both secondary and college levels, and is being used successfully in many programs around the country. Research reports the idea that some deaf and hard of hearing students prefer printed text of lectures, the basis of the C-print system, over sign language interpreters or note takers as a means of acquiring information. Other students prefer an interpreter. It is an individual choice that the disability support service provider must work with. C-print is cost effective and can be more readily available than stenography based services that a university or secondary school may provide. A typist called C-Print Captionist types a teacher's lecture and student comments into a laptop computer. 
The typed information is displayed simultaneously on a second laptop computer or a television monitor for students to read during class. Afterward, the printed text is available to students for review purposes. The system uses a laptop computer using word processing software aided by abbreviation software. The captionist receives training in abbreviation system to reduce keystrokes and in text condensing strategies. The captionist types as much information as possible, generally providing a more complete representation of what was being said than summary notes. To use CPrint in a classroom setting, one either needs two laptops, one for the captionist and one for the student, or one laptop and one VGA computer monitor for viewing of typed text by more than one student. Costs of CPrint vary depending on what equipment is used. The pay level and hours the captionist works, the work demands, service arrangements, and funding opportunities. Typically, the word processing software costs approximately $100, communication approximately $200, word abbreviation software costs approximately $400. Costs for laptops, display equipment, and captioned salaries will vary. Salaries typically are between those of a professional note taker and an interpreter. While it's developed primarily for the educational setting or for students who are deaf or hard of hearing, C-Print can also be used with deaf or hard of hearing individuals in business and community settings or in professional development activities and workshops. The system has been used successfully with individuals with other disabilities such as visual impairment or learning disabilities. Illuminate Live is an internet conferencing software. It combines interactive slides like those made of PowerPoint, chat rooms, live voice, and closed captioning to create dynamic interactive communication. This tool will allow not only hearing impaired classmates to communicate, but also help with distance learning provided by live online lectures and class sessions. Now we'll move on to technology that hearing impaired and deaf people can use in their everyday lives. Another device that has saved the lives of hearing impaired is the NOAA Weather Radio. The special needs NOAA Weather Radio was designed to adapt to the needs of the deaf and hard of hearing community. The radio can warn deaf and hard of hearing persons of hazardous conditions, giving them around the clock, up to the minute weather information. The radio is a weather alerting system that can be a lifesaver, much as a now commonly used smoke detector with flashing light for deaf or the hard of hearing people. How does radio meet the weather alerting needs of the deaf or hard of hearing people, you may ask? It provides visual and vibrating alarms and simple text readouts. Three warning lights indicate the level of alert, statement, watch, or warning. Their programmable state, county selections, screen out warnings for other areas. It's accessible technology now being developed that will enable deaf and hard of hearing people to obtain NOAA weather radio alert messages in text format. The battery operated NOAA weather radio can be portable at home, work, school, or play, or while traveling. For deaf-blind persons and hearing-impaired persons with low vision, special needs NOAA weather radio receivers may be equipped with special adaptations which convert the messages into large print and or braille versions without depending on volunteering reading services. When an alert is broadcast in NOAA weather radio, it will send a signal which then activates one of the following accessories, a pillow vibrator to wake individuals from sleep, strobe light to alert individuals during waking hours, a bed shaker to shake a bed to wake individuals up. If you're interested in receiving a free weather radio and are a resident of North Carolina who is deaf or hard of hearing, call 1-877-261-3116 for an application. Another device is th- for your car is the AutoMinder device. 
Autominder is a vehicle emergency alert device designed for use by individuals who are hard of hearing or deaf. This device monitors built-in automotive sound warnings systems including low fuel, fastened seatbelts, door ajar, etc. emits a loud tone and flashing light signal when one of these signals is activated to alert the driver. There are several categories of technology available to the hearing impaired deaf people. The categories are amplification systems, deaf and hard of hearing general, driving, hearing aids, rec recreational electronics, signal systems, speech training, telephones, and time. Some of the options I hope to cover in future podcasts are recreational electronics, which include amplification systems for radio and televisions, open caption systems, pillow speakers, telecaption decoders, video recorders, telecaption systems, some signal systems I hope to cover, bed vibrator, call waiting signal, carbon monoxide detector, doorbell signal, fire safety system, flashing light signal, natural gas detector, pillow vibrator, remote control receiver for light signal, security system, smoke alarm, sound monitor, paging system, telephone signal, weather alert signal, and transmittal signal. There are also telephones that allow the hearing impaired and deaf to communicate over cell phones or text. And there are time systems that are available which include VED vibrators, digital alarm clocks, flashing alarm clocks, timers, touch activated clocks, vibrating alarm clocks, and vibrating timers. All these technologies will help improve the hearing impaired deaf person's life. I'm excited about all the technology that's available for the hearing impaired today. As I'm made aware of more technologies that are made available, I will post information on my website and update my podcast. Feel Please feel free to email me with any suggestions or updates to dburgess12 at carolina.rr.com. Thank you for visiting my podcast, and I hope you will listen to future updates I may have. Have a great day.